Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on an episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We have a special today. This is the first time that we've actually had a female, a woman, on our show. And so who better than Sister Anya's Day with the Sisters of Life? So she is joining me from the Bronx. I'm excited to have her. And we're going to talk a little bit about the March for Life and the Life Fest, but we're also going to talk about the great work that the Sisters of Life are doing. So Sister Anya's Day, how are you feeling? How are you doing today? Yes, I'm doing wonderful, and it's an honor to be with you, John, really, truly. And it's an awesome podcast. I hear from many good men uh, about this podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a great joy. It's honestly, uh, keep Sam and I, he couldn't be here, but keep Sam and I just... Uh really excited. It gives us a certain passion and a, and a desire to keep on going when we hear those things. So I really appreciate um, appreciate that. So sister, this is the first time we've met. So I would love to hear from you kind of, you know, did you live in New York your whole life? Or, you know, what was your discernment process like? And why did you choose the Sisters of Life when you just why did you just choose to become a sister, let alone the Sisters of Life? I would just love to hear that. Oh, wow, John. Well, I did not uh, always live in New York, actually. I grew up in rural Maine, so I'm actually a girl. I had to kind of learn how to use sidewalks uh, when I got here to this. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I'm one of eight kids. I had a twin sister. Oh, praise uh, God. Praise God. Yeah, a beautiful family. Um, I was raised Catholic, um, although I watched my dad kind of slowly move his way uh, into the church. Uh, he converted uh uh, much later into the marriage. And um, I think for me, yes, being raised Catholic, but those questions, right, of faith and is God for real? And uh, what am I called to do with my life? Um, I really brought into college and my discernment of college, actually. And that led me to Catholic University of America. Mm. Uh, and um, I was still able to to do some athletics there as well. But kind of at a at a scale that allowed for a real balance in my life that um, was just beautiful because uh, at Catholic University, I really found a community of young adults asking the same questions that I was, right? Um, I met John Paul II through his writings wow. and came to this knowledge of myself as a gift. And then, uh, then I met Our Lady more deeply, started praying the rosary. I learned there was daily mass. Who knew? Yeah. Um, uh, Anyway, really just fell in love with the Lord uh, and with the richness and the depth of our of our faith, the beauty of our faith. And um, praise be to God, I started working as a nurse. But um, yeah, the Lord. OK, like, so you finished and you went out and you decided to be to, to yeah, finish and, and carry on with the nurse. So I'll be in a nurse. Yep. Yep. And, and there it is. Actually, I was eager, though, I would have to say. I was eager to know my vocation. Um, and so it was hard actually to graduate and not know uh, whether or not it was with the religious community or uh, to marriage. Cause I, I yeah. thought they were both vocations and uh, certainly Catholic university and the culture there taught me that um, just the beauty of human love and, and human vocation. Um, so, so yeah, I started working as an intensive care nurse in Washington, DC and um they're just stepping on the, on sacred ground, the vulnerability of others, the pain and suffering of others. This the seeds of a charism of life really started to open up in my heart, and uh, wow. I like to call it a great song. Um, yeah, it was kind of a crazy situation on a night shift. Um, we almost lost a patient, and mm. um, she was a mother of four. And I just remember being so gripped uh, trying to save her life because she was a mother, and that's what mm. stood out. To uh, in that moment. And, um, 
praise be to God, uh, we were able to, she, she pulled through. Um, but after that, uh, just sitting at the nurse's station and knowing that there was a new question at the door of my heart and that that experience really brought into focus the sacredness of life. Um, yeah. long story short, uh, yeah. Um, I met a priest who helped me to ask the right questions. Um, you know, how's God calling me to love and to be loved with the deepest desires of my heart? Um, and to ask for the grace not to be afraid um, mm -hmm. of what and answer those questions and uh, had a powerful moment of grace where I just I really experienced the Lord calling me uh, consecrated life with the sisters of life. Will you come? And wow. I felt like I won the lottery and I was like my whole little my being just exploded in this. Yes. And that was 15 years ago. And I have to say it gets better every day. Um, I didn't know it was possible to be this in love with God and wow. with life. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. I, I serve in formation. So just uh, growing the next generation uh, in religious life. Uh, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love hearing that. I really appreciate you sharing that because I was reading today, actually, of all days, and I think it's uh, obviously the Holy Spirit, uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva talking about how our hearts can never um, be limited with love, right? That 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 the more we love God, that every single person that is introduced into our lives, we will love more. That our love is ever expansive, right? Our heart is ever expansive to love. And and so just hearing you, because I feel the same way with with my wife and my children, and uh, we've suffered uh, qu uh, quite a few loss uh, losses, um, seven that are already interesting in the love and mercy of God. Um, but but I love them, and I love all the more the children that are with me, the five that we have with me. And, um, and I want to spend more time with them. And I grieve. Um, I was at the C conference, that amazing, um, conference doing so, such good work, uh, last week, but being gone from my family for five days and, you know, and that, that feeling of love is just, um, you know, ever stronger. So thanks be to God for that. So you said specifically this calling to the sisters of life. Uh, did you discern any other religious orders or was it specifically, um, them? You know, I had met a lot of other uh, religious communities. Uh, they call Catholic University a little Italy because there's there's okay. a lot of different communities there. And so, um, in a sense, encountering other religious opened my heart to the question of consecrated life. Um, but for me, the call came uh, together. Uh, the call to religious life and then that, that community, uh, which um, I knew it. It was my blueprint. Um, and I actually I have a sister who entered four years ahead of me, actually, in the Sisters of wow. Life. So I kind of discerned the sisters without knowing I was discerning. I thought for sure since she entered, uh, I was off the hook. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. And what about your twin sister? My twin sister, she's pretty awesome. Um, she's a, a doctor and wow. she's in maternal health. And uh, she has six kids and she's married and her husband's also a doctor. So they, they're OBGYNs and passionate for the cause of life. And so we feel like uh, we're, we're doing it together, but in very different yeses. So. Wow. What an incredible story. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. So shifting a little bit to the Sisters of Life, tell us, tell our listeners, I'm sure a lot of listeners, um, I know a lot of listeners um, aren't as as blessed as I've been to have met a number of Sisters of Life. I, I mentioned we get your imprint magazine, my wife. Um, she she didn't actually actively discern. I know she called out um, to the Sisters of Life, but it was one of the top uh, kind of three orders that she was actively discerning. And um, and so I think that's uh, that's 
our connection. So tell us about the Sisters of Life. Tell us about the great work that you guys are doing and what your charism is. Uh, we were founded 32 years ago uh, by Cardinal O'Connor, who is the Cardinal Archbishop of New York, a man uh, who was so passionate for the cause of life and received this charism. And so we take a special fourth vow in addition to poverty, chastity, and obedience to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life. So really, we believe in the beauty, the sacredness of every human life. And we have the joy of um, expressing that first through lives of prayer really praying, uh, interceding, uh, that that gift be seen and known and um, cherished. Um, and secondly, just serving others. So we walk with women facing unexpected pregnancies. Um, we walk with women who are seeking healing after the experience of abortion. Mm. Uh, we have a way of welcoming so many on us, uh, so many uh, on retreat uh, at our retreat center in um Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, we walk with college students on college campuses and, and help them to ask those questions about their life and uh, how to how to to bring that gift of their life and love uh, into a direction that's fulfilling. Um, so, yeah, we feel very blessed uh, as sisters, and um, it's a it's a beautiful charism and a new charism. Uh, so we've been getting to know what the Holy Spirit wants to do these past thirty years. We're kind of uh, infants in a way. Uh, yeah. in, but uh yeah it's fully alive though amen Uh, yeah and so uh but you mentioned walking with college students right because i think uh a lot of people because i've talked to people about the sisters of life so i i i know slash think a lot of them just assume that it's it's strictly pregnant women you know who are considering abortion but it's it's so much more than that if you could share just a little bit more about like walking with college students right helping them with their discernments i'd love to hear just a little more about that Oh, and actually, John, it like refreshes my heart that you you see that and perceive that because it is it's a it's a charism that's like of life. It's of the whole the whole vision that God has for the human person um, from the first moments that that life comes into being all the way through and to the end. And so, yes, um, walking with students on college campuses, um, everybody needs a sister, right? Sometimes. Yeah, and- amen. We've found that on college campuses, it can be it can be a tough place um, and they're going through a lot these days. And so mm-hmm. uh, beautiful. We have like women's nights and uh, we host retreats, but also spiritual accompaniment so that uh, college students can uh, they can bring themselves before the Lord and and follow him uh, and, and that they love doing that. And they love they come alive in in the, the dreams that God has for their life. So. So that's a great joy. Our sisters out in Denver um, serve in that way. So I think yeah. they're on quite a few college campuses. And um, yeah, it's a great blessing and a joy to be with the young people who are the future. Um, so Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, thank you. Can you tell us any uh, unique story that you have um, where you've really get been able to see kind of the spirit and the love working within the life of, of a young adult or a woman uh, that you've been able to walk with? I'd love to just share that with you. You know, gosh, I have so many stories, John. It's yeah. like, yeah, you got to narrow the field. So you're thinking any anyone that the Lord has made fall in love with? Them yeah, just or a college girl. I mean, yeah, if we wanted to to, to reduce it and keep on along that line, uh, we'd just love to hear some personal testimony. And, no, I had the blessing of, of walking with a young woman, and. Um, she was. She was uh, very much into kind of the cultural standards, cultural norms, and um, and yet it it was kind of uh, 
kind of deceiving her right and she was kind of mm. confronting that and um just the beauty of being able to um be a sister to her walk with her um and help her to uh emerge really from um a lot of the the darkness and the pain uh, that she had experienced and uh in and through kind of what might be the standard life that you might find on a college campus um mm-hmm. what was so powerful to me is just through spiritual accompaniment, um, her encountering the love of the Lord. And I'll never forget, um, she made this huge confession. Like she went to confession for the first time in like mm. 10 or 12 years. And um, she found me afterwards and she was like, sister, she's like, do you recognize me? She's like, do you recognize me? And I was like, yeah, like, of course I recognize you. But actually, I'm like, actually, I see more of you than I've ever seen. And um, there was a light in her eyes that I had never, uh, it was like, whoa, it was like, holy. Wow. And um, she, her experience of the new life um, that comes through Christ's mercy um, and that there's nothing that his gift of mercy can't heal. And it was, it was like her her whole life radically, dramatically changed. Um, yeah. And it's just so powerful to see that, um, that there's nothing beyond the reach of his love. And I think Amen. Yeah, uh, miracles. He loves. Yeah, amen. And that transformation in Christ, I just pray that all of our listeners get to experience that more than once in their lives. And I've had the blessing of experiencing that as well. And um, God's mercy and His never-ending, you know, uh, love and and how He hunts for each of us and desires each of us to have that uh, union with Him now and that perfect union with Him in heaven is just, uh, um incredible aren't we so blessed wow um so i'd like to hear from you as a woman specifically to men so i've got a couple more men it's really easy for us to compartmentalize right out of sight out of mind if we're not dealing with women who are suffering who are struggling both um maybe with a a pregnancy or maybe with um abuse or maybe with just being down on their lucks and uh um unemployed or something like that we don't think about it and so i i want to i want to hear from you some things that you guys do or some things that you maybe could direct men to do on a daily basis to make this an active part of their life. Because as I was saying earlier, the more you unite yourself to God's love, the better you love those around you and those even, you know, at a distance. And so I'd love for you to talk about what can men do to avoid forgetting about uh, these issues of life that are so, um, obviously day in and day out in your personal life, if, if I'm making sense. Yeah. Well, and you can rein me in here, John, if I, no, if this I is great. Direction. Um, but uh, it's such a beautiful question, actually. Um, and a few things come to mind. I think the first thing is um, I, I pray that um, every man knows the power of, of his goodness, actually, like, I can't tell you the miracles that I see. Um, we're very blessed. We have men who help us serve the women uh, that come to us. So we call them our St. Joseph's workers mm. and that they go out and they build a crib for um, a woman who's expecting, or uh, wow. they'll help her to move her life. Right. If she needs a new beginning, um, they'll help pack everything up and, and move things out. Um, I remember we sent out um, a young seminarian just to bring a delivery to one of the women that we were serving. And 
after he made that delivery, the woman called us and she was like, um, sister, who was that? And we're like, oh, you know, just one of our coworkers. And she's like, no, 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 sister, who was that? She's like, no man has ever looked at me that way. She's like, when he looked at me, I knew I was someone and not something. And like this moment changed everything. She was able to move out of a a really bad relationship. She recommitted herself to a life of chastity because she saw her goodness reflected back to her in the eyes of a man. And, and this is it. Like you go back to Genesis as women, we do, we find reference in men. Um, We look to men to reflect back to us who we are, that we're Mm -hmm. beloved. that We're good sisters Um, that, that we, yes. um, Again, I don't want to get, too far into Genesis. No, please do. Yeah, the, we're we're both the crown of creation, and yet here we are as women. We look to men to reflect that back to us, right? And um, so the power that you have as men uh, in your virtue, in your goodness, in just um, storing the life around you, being good fathers, being good brothers, um, anchoring yourselves in the love of of the Father as His beloved Son. It's like. I can't tell you the impact that has. And I think conversely, we see the pain and the sorrow that comes when men um, kind of abandon that. Uh, They abandon that responsibility or they walk away from that. Um, I think the other thing, too, is is. Um, so often men, they can be conflicted in today's culture because uh, they can feel a little pushed out. Right. Like a lot of the yeah. women will come to us saying, like, I told my boyfriend I was pregnant and he said just to do you know, he he do whatever I want to do. But what a woman needs to hear is I'm with you. I'm for you. This is our baby. Like, let's walk. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's let's do this. Um, So it's like just the power that men have in just being good men. Um, I I can't express it. Um, So I, I might've derailed, but for wherever you're standing as a man, where are you in relationship with God, yourself and others? And if, if you manage the vertical and tap in and anchor yourself in the love of the father, uh, you are going to change the life of countless souls, actually, um, just with the love that he's given you as men. Amen. Yeah, it's not rocket science, but it does take um, effort. It takes intent. It takes, um, you know, that that waking up in the morning and and working on that relationship with God. Yeah, yourself and others. I love it. I'm really appreciative of that. And men who listen to this episode hear us state those three things very frequently, you know, that as a um, as a product of the fall, we, um, though loved by God, we have that rupture between ourselves and him, ourselves and others and ourselves internally. And we need to work to, uh, reunite those. And what a privilege and honor it is, uh, to have that opportunity and to have that awareness. So I really appreciate that. So, um, Another thing that comes up is that now talking specifically about the issue of abortion and whether you choose life or you terminate life, um, we live in this, we're living in a post Roe v. Wade world, you know, it was overturned and, and that's wonderful and blessed. But those of us who are in the know understand that, you know, it's not over that, um, that not only the hearts and minds of of millions still need to be transformed to choose life and love, but the pro-abortion industry is still actively moving into the telehealth, is still actively moving into um, uh, at-home um, abortion pills. And, and it's very dangerous for women who can't remember when their last cycle was and, and you know, how far along. I mean, it's, it's, it's all wicked. And, and so um, what... 
in this landscape we currently are in in 2023 you know the month of march for life what is something that you want men to be aware of and what can we do to continue helping the work that you're doing and to continue help this pro-life movement in that respect amen oh my gosh it's a big question it's an awesome question let's <laughs> let's bring it down let's oh. yeah it sounds great <laughs> thanks oh, for being with okay. me <laughs> yeah. so, this is uh, so awesome. because i think too i think what we've heard is that um, and again, I want to focus it for for the good man listening. Um, yeah, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, we celebrate that. And yet we see the reality that the heart of our nation, the heart of our culture, advancing a true culture of life, it's all up for grabs. And actually, this this requires deeper conversion, right? This requires us all moving into the heart. Um, this requires all of us receiving God's mercy, getting on our near, knees and praying, because actually we're trying to win hearts now, right? Law mm-hmm. is a great teacher, um, but now, yeah, the conversations, the dialogue um, that is going to help hearts to grow in a way that's can see life from the heart of the Trinity. This it's it sounds big, but honestly, like. When we're looking from at life from the heart of the father and you guys have a special edge in this, it's like, actually, you're intuitively going to know how to grow and advance this culture. I think as men, um, being men of purity, um, Hmm. honestly, I think, uh, yeah, pornography is attacking men in a way that distorts the view and actually and actually disables this gift from being communicated right yeah Uh, being men of prayer um having your hearts be transformed and ennobled um by the love of the father so that yeah you can love like him um being men who who stand by life um uh and again it's it's in the little things i I like to say like if you want to be pro-life like wake up and love the person next to you um it starts in your families. It starts with loving your spouse. It it starts with, um, actually, I think today we are in such a battlefield that um, we're in an apostolic age, right? It's we can't bank on on the values of of society and culture being Christian. And so, what did they do in the apostolic ages before us? It's like you got to have some barbecues. You got to invite your friends over, like that. We create these these packs and these pods of communion in Christ that we can be strengthened and then um, bring this bring this to others um because I think people more than anything are going to be converted by the witness of a life that is expanding in Christ's resurrection right that is filled with uh this love and this life which is so compelling because like let's be real the culture is so heavy so yeah. many are anxiety depression like they're being let down um by what the culture is trying to sell. And so they're looking for authenticity. They're looking for that love that their hearts are thirsting for. And so the best thing we can do is to embody it. And um, yeah, as men, it's like, it's so powerful. I like, I can't even tell you when a good man walks into the room, when a priest enters into a convent, we, as women, we sit up, we sit up. Um, It it calls us higher. It strengthens us. Um, yeah, your protection, your goodness. Um, we flourish beneath that. So to believe in that, um, it, it sounds so simple, but it's it's so powerful. 
No, I like that a lot. We have to be the change that we want to see, right? We have to continually work on ourselves. I like how you brought it down, right? Because that question that I raised kind of brings it into, you know, like solving world hunger, right? Which is is just just so big of a, an issue that that we can't grapple with that in our in our day to day lives, or like in our role as a computer, you know, individual, or as a as a as a young woman looking for marriage, or whatever the case might be. Um, we struggle with that. And so, but for you to bring it down, and I appreciate that. And I just want to call men to that. It's, it's that every day waking up and learning how to love more and learning and reminding yourself that God loves you, regardless of how exhausted and tired and sick or, you know, things not working the way that you would like them to uniting yourself to the will of God, understanding he is a, an ever loving father. And so I really appreciate yeah, bringing it down to to that uh, that same theme of internal transformation, so that we might um, be the person that others want to be around, and that others can can see Christ reflected in. And um, so, really appreciate that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, so great. Well, so I want to hear about the Life Fest and the event that the Sisters of Life are hosting uh, the, um, in the March for Life here in January, if you would share a little bit of that with us. We're so thrilled. Uh, again, we're being backed up by good men to do this. The Knights of Columbus mm. really making this possible. Um, and so it's, it's a gift to collaborate with them. And Right now, we've got um, good souls coming from Phoenix and Milwaukee and Dallas and Pensacola and Atlanta and Wichita and Boston and everywhere, and they're all going to crash the D.C. arena, and um, it is. We, we do believe it's a time to cast a new vision, right, um, that there's still uh, battles to move into. There's hearts to be won, and so uh, it's going to be a beautiful morning of prayer, of witness, of uh, beautiful music. We've got Father Isaiah and Sarah Kroger. Yeah. You know, uh, Sister Bethany can't wait uh, to invite hearts uh, just just to look again, to look anew. Um, We know that this is a time of healing uh, for our culture, right? We've we've now lived under 50 years of legalized abortion. And um, we need to receive that merciful love so that we can then be wounded healers, ambassadors of that love to others. Um, so it's going to be a beautiful morning of prayer and just celebrating uh, the gift of life, um, stepping into the power of Christ's resurrection and and letting that overflow into the March for Life uh, and into the streets of D.C. And hopefully it just saturates this whole country. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And what day is that happening on and uh, location? And I will be sure to put the link. I know it's Life Fest 2023. Um, I'll be sure to put that link in uh, the show notes. But if you could share just a little bit about the day, time, that sort of thing. Um, I can, can people live stream it if they're not going to be in the D.C. area? A couple questions just popping in my head live streamed and actually if you go to uh lifefest.org uh, uh you can sign up for that um it's january 20th uh friday uh the morning of the march for life and awesome. uh, there's some some great promo videos that the sisters have put out um and then yeah if you're if you're not able to come and join we we can't wait for you to join us uh uh via phone or whatever you all use to to get connected that's right. Wow. Well, thanks be to God. And I appreciate you sharing that information. We'll put all that in the show notes. I'm also going to put in uh, the Sisters of Life, uh, your website, any other information that you would like us to to share? That's that's all fabulous. Yeah, uh, we've got our website is a great resource. Uh, 
we do. We've got Let Love Podcast if people want to tune in or tap in. Um, and then, yeah, you can go online and at our website and sign up for Imprint, which is our magazine. And we love we love being able to share that. Wonderful. Well, Sister Aniste, thank you so very much for joining me today. I really appreciate you imparting your feminine wisdom on uh, on me and on our um, our listeners. And so just really appreciate you being here. Well, it's such a, an encouragement. And I, I can't believe you can't I know what it does actually for my heart to know uh, uh, that you guys are doing what you're doing and trying to be good men because uh, it does. It blesses us as women so richly. Amen. Well, thank you very much. And as we end each of our shows, a little bit unique this time, we normally say be a man, be a saint, but let's uh, be a man or a woman, be a saint.